Damian Lillard is gone from the Western Conference. He's a Milwaukee Buck. Yusuf Nurkic joins the Suns. That should make things interesting. Plus, a little training camp preview about what to expect. All that and more on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your week. Appreciate you guys being with us here on a Wednesday night. If you're catching the live recording or on a Thursday morning, appreciate you guys being part of the community. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, riding with you solo tonight. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On today's show, we'll talk about the Damian Lillard trade, the reaction to that, what it means for Denver, particularly with use of Nurkic going to the Suns and DeAndre Ayton going to Portland. We'll talk a little bit about some of the other trade dominoes that are left, including now not only James Harden, but... Drew Holiday, he's likely going to find a new destination. And in the final segment, a little bit of training camp preview. I want to talk a little bit about some of the dynamics of training camp and especially what they mean this season uh, with a very different bench in play. Glad to have everybody with us, folks hanging out with us in the chat segment. Hi to y'all. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So the Damian Lillard trade was completed on Wednesday. Um, finally, thank you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for finally saving us from this endless content loop that we've been in forever. Uh, very glad to have that behind us. Interesting uh, resolution. I heard on Wednesday morning the deal was done, but the presumption from everyone I talked to was Miami. Now, it wasn't like definite. Nobody was like, yeah, it's Miami. It's for this, that, and the other. It was just like, yeah, no, it's done, and we think it's Miami. It was not Miami. It was Milwaukee, and in a uh, three-team deal, the Milwaukee Bucks acquire Damian Lillard, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Yusuf Nurkic go to Phoenix, while Drew Holiday, two first-round picks, or I'm sorry, one first-round pick and two first-round pick swaps go to Portland in the deal. Um, you know, Dame leaves Portland, and honestly, like, a little sad. Um... For me, because like Dame in Portland versus Jokic in Denver was a, a really fun battle. It was a little bit of a rivalry because the Blazers knocked them out in 2019 in the second round in game seven, thanks to Evan Turner and Myers Leonard. And then, you know, the Nuggets returned the favor in 2021. And being a division rival, like you saw Dame four times a year as a Nuggets fan. Um, and so like, those changes are always a little bit sad where it's like, Oh, this is like the last time that you're going to face him. I had the same kind of feeling when Dirk retired of like, Oh, this is, you know, when he was getting ready to retire and it was like, Oh, this is going to be the last time that he plays Houston or he plays that he plays San Antonio, you know, with all those great battles. And so um, it's a little bit, it's a little sad to me that, you know, Dame's gone from, from Portland that kind of um, longstanding pillar in the Western conference and in the division, is now gone. The Blazers obviously switched to a rebuild, which we were kind of expecting anyway. They do acquire DeAndre Aiden, which I think will be interesting. You know, Scoot Henderson, and I think getting Scoot Henderson, 
a center that can run pick and roll like Aiden learned with CP3. So he's got a pretty good idea of how to run it. Uh, probably a pretty good idea. And so like that addition for them, the big question will be what they do with Drew Holiday. And we'll talk about that in the second segment. But, you know, in general, I think it makes it easier for Denver um, with Portland formally going this route, right? Like the Blazers could have been a little frisky with Dame. They're always like, it's like, well, you're, you still got to beat Dame. Um, even though Denver, I think, did the best job of anybody of kind of figuring out how to solve him through the years. I think their blueprint was used by a lot of teams to kind of shut it down. Um, Phoenix, it's interesting. So it's being portrayed in some circles like this is an upgrade. It's not. Like, I just want to be very clear here. Uh, if they had gotten... I'm trying to think who was available on the market. Um, there was some talk of it in Toronto, like Phoenix was angling for OG, right? And they were probably never going to get it. But like that, that would have been like a massive upgrade. And that would have actually made the Suns pretty scary if you're able to be like, no, it's Beal and KD and Booker and OG and then like whatever center. Okay. But now it's like, okay, you're downgrading at center because use of Nurkic is not it is just he's not a great center. He uh, wastes a lot of possessions in the post. His numbers have never been good there. Um, I will say defensively, like the Sun, the Blazers were four points better defensively with him on the floor last season. And he is a pretty good drop big. A lot of it's going to depend on, like in my opinion, like already when I look at that roster as far as a playoff matchup goes, I just go like from a Denver let's take it from a Denver perspective. Oh, let's put Bradley Beal, whoever's Bradley Beal is guarding. If he's guarding KCP, if he's guarding, um, I I don't think he would guard anybody else. If he's guarding uh, Jamal Murray or he's guarding KCP, whichever one of those guards, let's put those guys in pick and roll with, with Jokic with Nurk guarding him because Nurk's had such a hard time staying out of foul trouble guarding Nicole over the last couple of years. And so to me, this makes them worse. Even if you want to say, that Aiton was a zero in terms of affecting Jokic. I think he was. I think Jokic solved him, and Adam and I talked about that the other night. I think um, Nurkic is probably a negative because of the foul trouble and because of the temperament. Like a lot of the, there was a lot of conversations in the league about like, oh, you know, Yusuf really grew up when he got around Dame because like Dame demanded that of him. And, you know, Yusuf is older now and maybe he's like a more mature guy, right? Because he's no longer the kid that he was in Denver when he stormed off the bench. But I just kind of worry, you know, I worry about leadership. I worry about those types of things on, on that on that team as opposed to in Portland. And so I think that there's probably a good reason to, um, think that this is a downgrade i i personally think that this is a downgrade for phoenix i downgrade them in my model um they're down uh i basically downgraded them about half a point which isn't much of a of a downgrade um but over the course of a season it's one or two wins like they they slip a little bit in terms of the overall determination somebody's commenting the sun's passed the nuggets and the title odds that's not true um just so you know the at, at various books, the Nuggets are still the second or third favorite to win, and they are the favorite to win the Western Conference by a pretty healthy margin over the Suns. So they are not not over them. Um, you know, Grayson Allen is a regular se season pretty 
okay player. I actually kind of think that the sneaky thing for this for Phoenix's perspective is Nasir Little and is Nas Little and Keon Johnson. Those guys kind of have like a little bit of bounce to them. And so adding a little bit more athleticism. Now they got a lot of guys now. Phoenix has just got like a lot of guys on roster and they're going to have to figure out who stays and who goes, who's in the rotation and who's not. And ultimately like, do I trust Grayson Allen more than Eric Gordon in that fourth starter spot? That, that, that for that last starter spot rather with the big three Nurkic and then Gordon. Do I trust Grayson Allen more? Probably not. Do I trust him more than Kate Bates Diop? Probably not. Um, I don't think it's an upgrade. One of the things that Milwaukee really found was like Grayson was a really good regular season player, but then he was unplayable in the postseason. And that might be the same thing here where like Grayson can come in and you know, he, he's a really good shooter and can fill in for a little bit. Um, but ultimately I don't think that he's like a needle mover for, for the Suns this season. I am a little interested to see how little does though, um, because it's, it's, those guys are at least interesting to me. I like a lot of their their depth guys. They and they can take some shots um in terms of those guys and, and hoping that one of them works out. But there's a lot of confidence in the comment section right now about the matchup with with uh with Phoenix. And I can't blame you. You should feel pretty good. You should feel better about the matchup with Phoenix now than you did yesterday. On the other side, we'll talk about some of the remaining dominoes that are left in the NBA, including James Harden, Drew Holiday, if they could be in the deal together, what the Heat are going to do. We'll talk about some more of that on the other side on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about Jace Medical. You know, um, I a couple of years ago, I was doing some work at a, a friend. They had this warehouse that they were we were cleaning out, and I stepped on a nail, and it was not good. It was not 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 good. This was not a sanitary situation, and you know, you, you worry about those types of things and it started to not look great. And I had to go in and get an antibiotic for it. And those things can be really scary with Jace medical. You don't have to worry about those because you're going to get important antibiotics all in a case immediately available. Um, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It's got five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. So let's talk about some more of the dominoes that are left. Um... There's still kind of like an optimism, even despite recent reports that the Clippers are kind of bowed out. There's still kind of a confidence that the Clippers are going to wind up with James Harden. And I don't know if that's good or not for Denver. I don't know if it really moves the needle. The Drew Holiday trade, I think, is the most interesting remaining uh, wrinkle, though. And Ryan Windhorst essentially wrote the same on ESPN.com today that that's the move that could wind up swinging a title race. Boston's interested. Miami um, will hope that Portland will finally call them back because they have not talked. That's one of the, mo the most crazy things is they agreed to this deal with Milwaukee and did not call Portland or call, call Miami to be like, hey, do you want to try and beat this offer and then go back to Milwaukee? They were just like, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's how bad things got between uh, Miami and Portland. But 
Drew Holiday being on the market, I think, is a really fascinating um, element here because of what he's able to do. Obviously, still like a really elite defender. He is he's inconsistent offensively. Like I love Drew. He's one of the best people in the NBA. Everyone agrees on that. He's a just a great person. But the offense does tend to come and go. And so the teams that are in position to kind of add them that already have their offensive stuff set, that's kind of interesting. If it's Boston, that would be really interesting. And quite honestly, that would make it a, a really tough matchup, I think, for Denver. Um, depending on what they would have to send out, there's talk of Malcolm Brogdon potentially because Brogdon's been frustrated with the Celtics. You know, a, a team that's got Robert Williams, Al Horford, Chris Dapps Porzingis, big wings, and Drew Holiday at guard. That's a pretty tough matchup if the Nuggets were to see them in the finals. Not that Dame and, and Giannis sounds like a walk in the park, but that also sounds difficult. Another interesting one, though, is probably if, if instead the Clippers were to go for Drew Holiday instead of James Harden. You know, because the, the Blazers are in a position to take back less than what the what the Sixers have to ask for in exchange for Harden. Like, they need, like, a haul to try and reconfigure around Joel Embiid versus Portland. Portland has to see it as all one deal, right? Where they trade Dame and they get Aiton and the picks and then they trade Drew. And so if they get more picks, then it's like, oh, wow, you got way more than you would have gotten from Miami in that deal. And as well as like whatever else they do to deal with the Clippers, potentially Terrence Mann. So it's kind of interesting to kind of think about what Drew Holiday's next move is going to be. And if he'll stay in the Western conference, there's some conversation about him potentially staying with Portland kind of acting as a mentor. And I don't get that. Like, I just don't think that Drew's going to want that. I think he's going to want to finish the last two years of his contract, which he said might be his last in the NBA. I don't think he wants to do that on a team that's rebuilding. I just don't see the point in it. So um, whether it's for a playoff team or a true contender, I think Drew Holiday's on the move. What's interesting, I think is from a Western conference perspective, there's just not a lot of teams that are in the race that have the assets to kind of move for drew holiday, right? Like the Lakers would love him, but they don't have anything left to really deal. They've given all they can. And they've got so many guys they gave contracts to this summer. They got to wait till they can trade those guys and holiday may be gone by then. The Clippers, I think definitely are still kind of a, an option in the midst, especially if they include Terrence Mann in the conversations, although man's 27, he's no longer spring chicken. Um, you know, you look at some of the other teams, Dallas, I think will, will probably be pretty heavily invested in those calls. By the way, I've also heard that Dallas is interested in Buddy Heald. So be on the lookout for that, that they could add another shooter. Dallas is going to have a lot of offense for Denver to have to deal with this season, whether in the regular season or in the playoffs. If they were to get Drew Holiday, it would be a pretty seamless fit, but they just don't really have the assets. You know, Jaden Hardy, maybe Josh Green, some some picks. They don't have like a whole lot of them because they already did the Kyrie Irving deal. But it's definitely like an interesting concept. If you have Drew and Kyrie and Luca, like, yeah, it's three ball handlers, but they all do such different things that actually might be a pretty interesting fit there. Um, the Pelicans, I think, are another team to keep an eye on with Drew Holiday as much as you know, it'd be him going back, but look, it's not like he doesn't have stellar reputation with the organization. Everyone loved him there. And the Pelicans do have a lot of veterans they can trade in maybe a three-way deal as well as a lot of assets. So there's a lot of different options for um, then to be able to, to put that together. Um, Zamora asked, can Philly get Drew? You know, it's possible, but it, I guess it would be a three-way deal where Harden goes to the Clippers the Clippers give up pieces and they go to Portland and then Portland sends the Sixers drew holiday. I don't know if drew wants to go back to Philly. I don't know if drew wants, if that's what Phil, what Joel Embiid wants, 
like all of these types of things I think are really interesting. KG3 says Orlando needs a point guard to be interesting. I kind of agree. I love that fit. A lot of the more interesting things with uh, with Drew are, are based in the, in the Eastern Conference. Rodarte says OKC with Drew would get what seed. You know, I don't know that there's actually – that doesn't really make a lot of sense for them. Um, given what they'd have to surrender for him. Part of the problem with an OKC trade, there are teams, and I've talked to executives about this, when you have a lot of assets, it actually sometimes makes deals harder because the other team knows how many assets you have and is like, you have all this stuff, can I get more? And you're like, but that's, I can't just give it to you because I have it. Like we have to agree on like what a what a value is here. Plus, you know, Shea needs the ball. I think Josh Giddy deserves like a, a healthy amount of usage. And then you got Jalen Williams as well. So I'm, I... I don't necessarily know that there's room there for Drew for Drew Holiday, but it would be definitely like an interesting uh, kind of fit there. Um, so, like, there's all these kind of dominoes. I think that are still kind of floating out there. You got the Buddy Hill trade. You got uh, Drew Holiday now, and you still got James Harden. We still have some stuff to sort out. You know, training camp starts here in a few days. The Mavericks and Clippers already held theirs, and so you know, got got some things to figure out between now and the start of the season. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. On the other side, I want to talk a little bit about training camp and uh, some of the elements of what to expect. And if you are have your have your guy, your young guy that you're rooting for, what you want to hear during training camp. We'll talk about that on the other side on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Matt Moore with you on a Wednesday night, Thursday morning, if you're listening to this on the pod. Appreciate you guys being with us. We'll have another episode tonight, and then Adam will be with you on Friday. So, um, training camp starts on Monday. Media day is Monday, and then they'll go to San Diego that day, that night. They'll have a team dinner, and then they'll start training camp the next day. Um, Hurricane asks, where is training camp? They're in San Diego again this season. They really like going to San Diego for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Maybe Malone's a big sail boating person. But anyway, they really like San Diego, so they're going back there. And then training camp starts. I, I made this the joke on Twitter the other day, and I'm going to probably start using it, which is um, the daycare bench because they have so many kiddos uh, on this bench. They're just so young. One of the misconceptions, I think, is that Malone doesn't play rookies. He played R.J. Hampton and wound up starting him in that in that season where everybody's the head, their pets' heads fell off and everybody was hurt. Um, Gary Harris got time early on in his career. Nikola Jokic, quite honestly, got time early in his career. And when he wasn't playing, it was because they were playing Yusuf Nurkic, another guy that was young early in his career. And as they got better, yes, the bar got higher because when you're trying to win, playing young guys means more mistakes. But Bones Highland was the backup point guard in 2022 and to start the season in 2022-23 and he was that until really until late until January okay so we have a history of and Christian Brown like came into camp last year won his minutes got in the rotation once he was in the rotation he mostly stayed was put into it after the all-star like after you know mid about mid-season and was there the rest of the way and played in every single round of the playoffs he wasn't a sometimes player christian brown played in every round of the playoffs including the finals and had big moments and that wasn't like undeniable malone gave him that opportunity so malone has given these opportunities to various players but i will tell you that a pattern that i have recognized is that it starts with training camp you do need to come into training camp and you need to show yourself to be coachable and to have the right work ethic and 
for lack of a better term, as cliche as it is, you got to have that dog in you. Like Malone wants you to be hungry and he doesn't want you to be hungry for shots. He wants you to be hungry for the stuff that he cares about. If you're willing to show that you'll sacrifice and you'll play defense and you'll learn the system and you show a competency and understanding what they're trying to do, Malone will probably play you. If you have, if you are that talented, if you are good enough in those runs, Malone isn't adverse to those kinds of concepts, but you do have to put in the work and it does start with training camp. Like, I think one of the ultimate problems with Zeke Naji every year has been that he's never really had a, a strong, great training camp. He had really good preseason runs last year. It was like, oh man, Zeke looks awesome. And then we started asking about training camp and it was like, well, you know, he, he's okay. He's good. And it's, that's very important here versus some guys are like, no, he's that guy. That guy's going to fit. That guy really works. And some of the players um, find out the same. John asked, are all the players going to attend training camp? Um, yes. Like everybody will be there. Jokic is the only one I can imagine not being there. And I'm expecting him to be there. And they would probably like, let me put it this way. It's either like, yeah, no, he actually might miss it. Or if I were to ask, they would be like, yes, of course he's going to be there. What are you stupid? Um, so yeah, everybody will be there. Absolutely. Um, so whoever your young guy is training camp matters. It doesn't matter for KCP. It doesn't matter for Aaron Gordon. It doesn't matter for Jamal Murray. It doesn't matter for Nicole Jokic. Like training camp doesn't matter for any of those guys. They don't need to showcase anything. MPJ even like MPJ could be like, man, he looks like a whole other beast and that'll be exciting, but it's still like, all right, let's see what it looks like in games because you know, he will have to operate outside of what his role has been. And we have to see that. But with the young guys, just to get the opportunity to get on the floor, you do, I think, need to win training camp. I think if Hunter Tyson or Jalen Pickett or Jillian Strother, if, or quite honestly, Peyton Watson, if those guys have subpar training camps relative to Malone's expectations, that will impact their minutes. There will be a little bit of resistance to them. You know, even if it's like, well, Peyton Watson's in the rotation, he's actually the eighth man, but... He only plays like this many minutes and then he goes to whatever Hunter Tyson or, you know, Peyton Watson or, or Zeke or whoever. And so you really want to hear that certain guys have done the work and you want to hear it. I think specifically from Malone, because it's not always the players will oft oftentimes talk about just like who looks good because they're the best, most talented dude on the floor. Like MPJ would be like, yeah, no, he looks awesome. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't understand. The, he doesn't know what the offense is. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And that's on the offensive end, let alone the defense versus with some of these guys, like they need to be able to, to showcase that they understand all the ins and outs and all the mechanics. Um, Zamora asked, do you think Malone takes the CB path with Peyton this year? Look, he was playing him late in the season, which kind of gives me a little bit of optimism as far as Peyton goes for him getting that kind of opportunity, but I don't think necessarily one of the things that can happen is when guys think that they're in and they assume it, you can't assume it until you actually are in it. Like once you're, once you're made, you can assume it. But if you're in a guy that's spot like Peyton, like Watson needs to come in and be hungry as hell fighting for every single minute. He needs to come in and assert himself as I'm the backup forward. Like that's it. It is Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, and then me. And he needs to fight for that. If he doesn't, if he just kind of rolls in and is like passive or if he acts like, yeah, I'm like, I'm in the rotation. If he does not, that can really cost him. Cause if Hunter Tyson comes in and, and just busts ass, it can actually impact things. Um, 
So all these things I think are important. David says my prediction is Hunter Tyson is part of the playoff rotation. We'll see. Um, one more thing before we get out of here is Zamora asks, oh yeah, how do you guys like the MPJ's tattoo? If you haven't seen it, it's on social media. Uh, MPJ got a tattoo of on his arm of Christ with his arm around what looks like him. That's a, a young man with Porter Jr. Now, maybe one of his brothers. That's that's possible. I don't know. I think it's him. Um, but in general, like it's a, it's a it's an artistic choice. But also with tattoos, I tend to be pretty forgiving because I'm like those are deeply personal things. Like those are like the idea of getting a neck tattoo absolutely terrifies me. But it means a lot to the guys that have gotten them. So not necessarily. Um, something but you should definitely check it out because it's yes the more nails it it's such a mike tattoo it's a very mike tattoo i would agree with that assessment let's go wrap it up for a quick episode of locked on nuggets thanks for joining us we'll be back tomorrow with more episodes we'll talk a little bit more about training camp and all of that stuff we'll get to whatever news is of the day as we get ever closer to real nuggets basketball we'll talk to you guys again on locked on nuggets